I am the essence of the sun, brighter than any before me. The light burns as the dual star, illuminating in motion. I am the angel of immortal light, beautiful and free to all. There is no God before me. Now this was a quote by Michael W. Ford in his book Apotheosis. In this podcast, we are going to be talking about becoming the best version of yourself while, you know, invoking the spirit, the power, the energy of Lucifer. And what better way to do it than in this bright, open sun, you know, Haru shining. And we're going to get to the basis of Lucifer. We're going to get to the basis of symbology. We're going to get to the basis of things that a lot of us Negroes are spooked out about, all right? Because I can't stand these niggas. And I really can't. I really can't. I can't stand niggas. And I say that because a lot of people get very spooked out by the information that I bring and that I display on my platform. And I've been doing this for a little over three years now, displaying occult Luciferian left-hand path content. Now, don't get it misconstrued. I always have a balance. I always you try to have a variety of different things on my platform, but there's always a common theme right and that is that you are the centerpiece of your own life a man cannot serve two masters so he must become his own are not made or you were not created in this world to worship another deity or to look for somebody outside of yourself you are the master and the headed and the savior of your own life you are the savior you are the chosen one the messiah and it is your duty to get you out of whatever predicament that you are in and you can utilize any particular tool or symbol to get you out of that. Whether you use Jesus, whether you use Baphomet, whether you use Zeus, <laughs> whether you use the Orishas, your ancestors, the Netters, whatever the case may be. You can utilize any symbol, any tool, any characteristic, any personality. You can play the game in order for you to get yourself out of your own predicament and to become the best, the best version of yourself. You have to become the demonstrator. You have to set the example. So if you're interested in doing so, make sure you hit that like button. If you listen to me on Spotify, welcome everybody. Welcome to the Omnius Podcast. This is episode 83. All right. Make sure that you hit that like button. If you're listening to me on YouTube, make sure that you're following me. If you're on Spotify, turn on your notifications on YouTube and on Spotify. And if you're listening to me on Apple Podcasts so that you'll get the next podcast on great content such as this one. All right. Shout out to everybody who be supporting my content and listening to my content. Shout out to everybody who be supporting my content on Instagram. Y'all are very much appreciated. All right. If you see me wiping a couple of sweats off my forehead every now and then, it's because it's almost 12 in the afternoon, all right? And it is about 85 degrees. Matter of fact, we're gonna check the weather right now as we're getting to the basis of the introduction of this podcast. Another thing, I always have to say this whenever I record outside, I do sincerely apologize. If you ever hear cars and trucks passing to and fro, I am outside, I am in the country, and it is what it is, all right? 
Wow, it's 74 degrees. It does not feel like 74 degrees. It needs to be some clouds or something covering up the sun, but nonetheless, there is a nice breeze. So hopefully this nice breeze can uh, equip me with the type of coolness that I need in order to process and go through with this video. All right. But what inspired this video really is just the basis of being the best version of yourself, accepting criticism. We're going to be dealing with symbolism as well, because last night I just had a podcast or excuse me, I had a live stream. I was one of my one of my good friends live streams and we was having this great conversation. We was talking about God. We was talking about Jesus. We was talking about the end times. We was talking about symbology, all this type of stuff. Right. And it got me thinking about like the way that a lot of us as black people think when it comes to this type of information. You might be watching me right now and you're still a little unsure about the type of stuff that I really break down and that I analyze and critique and that I display on my platform, you know, and you have a right to do that because as being beings and human beings on this world, right? Being the people that we are, it is our nature and it is by our divine right to be skeptical. Socrates said it best that the only thing that I know is that I know nothing and that this journey that we walk called life is ever longing, is continuous, is constant. There is no stop. There is no end to knowing who you are, having understanding, having wisdom and seeking and containing and obtaining knowledge. So when it comes to the basis of who you are as an individual, you always have to be skeptical. What you know today may not be what you know tomorrow. What you stand in terms of your foundation today, your foundation could break tomorrow. And that's why we always have to be open-minded. That's, that's why we always have to be very skeptical in terms of who we are. Now, that's different from our identity and our knowledge itself because that's something that has to be foundational. We have to have knowledge itself in order for us to love ourselves. We can't love the unknown. We can't love the unknown. We have to have a sense of a knowledge of ourselves so that we can then love ourselves. Once we have a sense of loving ourselves, we can be acceptable to the truth. The truth make you free. The truth will make you free from the bondage of ignorance. The truth will make you free from the bondage of condemnation. The truth will make you free from the bondage of being arrogant and being egotistical and serving your carnal desires and serving your ego, or as the Bible calls it, the flesh. Applying yourself to the truth is what will make you born again. And this is not talking about accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but accepting yourself as Lord and Master and Savior. Now this might sound very bizarre to you because all your life you grew up in the church accepting a certain being as the Lord and Savior of your life. You might even tell yourself that you're not perfect enough. You're not perfect enough. You're not pure enough. You're not good enough to be the headmaster of your own life. I got news for you. You are. Despite the condemnation, despite your faults, despite all the things that you have been through, despite the things that you have done to other people, you are the chosen one. You are the Messiah. You are the walking, living embodiment of Haru, the hero. And it is your duty to become the Superman or the Superwoman of your life. It is your duty to walk this world on your hero's journey and to become the best version of yourself. Not to slay the dragon necessarily, but to become the dragon rider. 
not to slay the beast, but to become and be one with the beast. And so it is within this analogy and it is within this, the stories and the mythologies that you learn from every culture, whether it's Christianity, whether it's Judaism, whether it's Hinduism, Taoism, the Greek mythologies, the Hindu mythologies, Confucianism, you know, the Orishas dealing with Ifa, dealing with the voodoo, you know, whoever it may be. It is your duty to become the best version of yourself through these stories. Every story is just telling the same story over and over again. They just say it and they tell it in their own way. In the Vedas, it says that the truth is one, but the wise call it by many different names. Or that the wise have many different names for it. Or that there are many paths. Truth is one, but there are many paths. And so you can't limit the divine supreme source, the divine supreme creator, the divine supreme consciousness to just one expression. You can't just say that Christianity is the only way to God. Because there are many different ways to one destination, right? You have a GPS, you're going to have at least six to seven different ways to get there. Possibly. So in the same way, there's many different ways to express or to get truth. There's many different ways to reach out to people for them to apply themselves to truth. Christianity may not be the message for them, but Hinduism might be. Islam may not be the message for them, but Taoism might be. They might even go so far in this advancement of their own magic, of their own spiritual journey, where they create their own religion. They create their own spiritual system that advances them. And you have the ability to do that. Again, this might sound very bizarre to you because you've been taught to submit yourself to entities and deities outside of yourself. And you have never learned how to self-deify yourself. You've been taught that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And nobody have ever told you where Christ resides. Christ resides within you. You are the Christ. What is Christ? Christ is the anointed one. Christ is a title. Christ is describing a form of consciousness. So when you are the Christ, you obtain a, a form of self-enlightenment, a form of knowledge of self to where you can become the master of your own life. And so with all of that said, you don't have to submit to an entity in order for you to get over your addictions. You don't have to submit to an entity in order for you to get over your, your condemnation and your guilt and your shortcomings. No matter what you've done in life, you are righteous by nature. That might be something that you may have never heard before ever in your life, but your soul is pure. Your spirit is pure. May not be. Your mind may need some renewing. Your subconscious mind may not be. Your subconscious mind may need some reprogramming. But I'm here to let you know that your spirit, your soul is pure because that is the most high. That is the supreme source. That is God. And so you have to tap into your inner being. You have to tap into your higher self and align your higher self with your lower self so that you, you can become the best version of yourself. You cannot discard the lower self and expect to reach your higher self. And you can't discard your higher self and expect to be the best version of yourself. You need both light and darkness, good and evil, positive and negative, in order for you to become the best version of yourself. In order for you to become the hero in your journey. And this, like I said, this is going to sound very out of pocket. <laughs> and, and people they may watch this, they may listen to this, and they might think that I'm speaking blasphemy. That I'm the devil is using me and, and I'm 
possessed by some type of evil spirit. They said the same thing about Jesus. Welcome to the club. But you need to have more of a realization of yourself because you are the light of the world. You are Lucifer. What is Lucifer? Lucifer means the light bringer, the morning star. Lucifer is associated with Venus in one aspect. In another aspect, Lucifer can also be associated with the sun. Why? Because Jesus, in another aspect, is Lucifer. Why would you say that, Tyrone? Because in the book of Revelations, Jesus was called Lucifer. Lucifer being the light bringer, the light. Jesus being called the son of man, the son of God, the sun, the solar energy. So whenever you hear Jesus being called the son of man, he is actually being called the soul of man. When you hear the word Solomon in the Old Testament, Solomon's temple, Solomon, if you break down the word Saul Oman, you get the son of man, the soul of man. So the soul of man's temple is your body and God dwells within the temple that is not made by hands of men. So what does that tell you? That tells you that God resides within you and you reside within God. That you are, as I read in one book you know, last week, that you are a miniature version of the universe. You are a miniature version of God. You may not be the supreme essence, the supreme consciousness of the universe, but you are supreme consciousness and the supreme essence in a body. And you have to take advantage of that because that is your birthright. You have been given power and dominion to live your best life, and yet you have been taught to be a beggar. You have been taught to eat the scraps of other people. You've been taught to compromise and to conform and to be conditioned, and you've never been taught to be a rebel. You've never been taught to be Lucifer. You've never been taught to be Prometheus. You've never been taught to be the best version of yourself by going against the system, going against what your parents have taught you, going against what the church has taught you. Not necessarily going against what Jesus has taught you, not going against what the Bible in some aspects may have taught you, but going against what religion has taught you, what tradition has taught you. In this mythology of Lucifer having war in heaven, it wasn't because he wanted to become God. It's because he wanted to have free will. It wasn't because he wanted to take God's place and take his throne. That's the narrative that they want to lead you on with. And then he basically him and a third of the angels, they leave. And so then he basically wants to create his own empire in the world. That's not how the story goes. It's actually in reverse. The Demiurge Yahweh wants to become the true God. And so he creates up this universe in this world and the earth and whatever the case is. And so he creates this delusion that he is the only true God and that there are no other gods before him. That's why he's so selfish. That's why he's so quick to anger in the Old Testament. That's why he is so jealous because of that simple analogy, because of this narrative of him being the only God that there is. That's why at least a fourth of the Ten Commandments has to do with having no other gods before him. Don't worship any other false gods. Only keep him. And he emphasizes the back, right? Now, this is when you take the Bible literally, right? And this is also when you look at it from a Gnostic perspective. When you understand that you, when you understand that you are the one and true and only God, to have no other gods before you means that you prioritize yourself. To not uh, participate in idolatry means that you're not going to prioritize other people, other things that are materialistic, other objects, or whatever the case is, 
outside of yourself. That means that your health, your spirituality, your well-being comes first. That's what that means to have no other false gods before you, to have no other gods before you, to worship no other god but you. To worship yourself doesn't mean that you're conceited. To worship yourself does not mean that you think you're better than anybody else. To worship yourself simply means that you are loving yourself. It is self-care. It is literally self-care. You are aiding yourself in this journey to become the best version of yourself day by day. To worship yourself is to love yourself, to cater to yourself. Everybody needs to worship themselves. But see, society, and rather the church, has taught you that to worship yourself is conceited. Ironic, isn't it? To worship yourself is, is arrogant, is prideful, is egotistical for you to worship yourself. To, to applaud yourself, give yourself a pat on the back for what you do on an everyday basis. Meanwhile, they worship an entity that told people in the Bible at one, at one moment that if they were not to worship the Lord, the, Lord, the Lord of hosts, that if they were not to worship the Lord their God, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, that they were to be put to death. That's the, word, that's the God that they worship. They worship an entity where two were his... <laughs> we're making fun of Elijah because he was bald and God gave Elijah the power to sick she bears on the kids and rip them to shreds and eat them because they were making fun of Yahweh's prophet. That's the entity that they worship. They worship an entity where Moses was given instructions to tell Pharaoh to let his people go. And then in another aspect, the Lord is trying to, to, to end Moses life. Because he didn't circumcise his, his son. You worship an entity where when Moses was looking at everything that was going on in Israel around Mount Sinai. The Lord was like, you know what? I'm about to annihilate all these Israelites. And I'm going to make a great nation out of you, Moses. Because I can't stand these people anymore. Moses had to talk Yahweh out of annihilating the Israelites. That's who y'all worship, though. This is who y'all worship. Moses, Moses had to talk God out of annihilating the Israelites. Mind you, they were in Israel, they were in Egypt for 400 years. How do you expect a set of people who have been conditioned for 400 years to immediately get on your program? He had no type of sympathy. He had no type of mercy. Of all the, the, the plans and strategies that he could give to Moses on how to deprogram the people from their old ways, he thought that they should just conform because he is their God of their ancestors. And what did Moses end up doing? Moses ended up killing 3,000 of the Israelites. Men, women, children, neighbors. He told them, he gave the instructions to the Israelites to kill the ones, your neighbors, your brother, your sister, the ones who wanted to participate in these acts. This is the God that y'all worship. And yet you got the nerve and the audacity to point the finger at me. Well, you got three fingers pointed right back at you. Got the nerve to point the finger at me and tell me that I'm egotistical. I'm filled with negative energy. I'm prideful. I'm egotistical. I'm arrogant. I'm conceited because I want to self-deify myself. Because I want to become the best version of myself by loving myself and applying value to myself by worshiping myself. Not in an egotistical aspect. Not in the way that... Your God, Yahweh, 
season, but in a way in which you are catering and valuing yourself. People, a lot of us, we are sick. A lot of us, we are sick in the head to a far extent. Why? Because we have been taught to give up our old traditions, our own spirituality, our own identity for another. We have given up our, our, our traditions, our spiritual systems for Jesus. Mind you, Jesus is not coming back for your black ass. I mean, it, it don't matter how many times the church or your grandmother or your grandfather try to tell you that the end days are coming and and you'll see you're, you're you just watch you just watch how many times are are the masses going to believe that because from generation to generation from generation they have always been telling people that the end times are coming they have been predicting the end times since the thousands since the 10th century, since the 11th century, since the 15th century, since the 16th century, since the, the 18th, the 20th century. At this point, you just need to come to an understanding that the God that you worship, the religion that you apply yourself to, has some holes in it. And you need to come to an understanding that your perspective of Jesus is a little faulty. Jesus is not somebody you should take in as an entity to worship. Jesus, in the Bible itself, if you study the, the Gospels and the Gnostic Gospels, Jesus never wanted the spotlight on him. When he spoke of his own accord, he wasn't speaking of his own accord. He was speaking of the Father. When he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he wasn't speaking of himself. He was saying, I am. I am. Right? God, the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. When he said the works I do, you could do also and greater, he wasn't speaking of his own accord, right? When he said, in my name, you should be, and I talked about this in the last podcast, in my name, you should be able to cast out demons and heal the sick and raise the dead and trend on serpents. He wasn't speaking on his own accord. The power isn't coming from Jesus. The power is coming from you. It's coming from the God within yourself. Now, when he says that in, in my name, you should be able to do A, B, and C, he's not speaking in, in terms of his own name. He's speaking in terms of you being representatives of the consciousness that he was representing himself, right? But see, that's something that a lot of people won't be able to conceive, right? So you have to kind of meet people almost where they are. So when people ask you if you believe in Jesus, you can meet them halfway and tell them, I believe in Jesus, but I don't see Jesus the same, the same way that you do. Because you believe that Jesus is coming back. You believe Jesus died for your sins. I believe that I died with Christ. I believe Christ is within me. And that whenever I had to let go of the old self, I had to renew my mind. I had to transform myself. I had to enlighten myself and love myself. That in that process of renewing myself and enlightening myself, I then had to crucify the old version of myself. I had to crucify and let go of the things that were holding me back. See, I don't think people understand that if in the passages of the Bible it tells you that you died with Christ and you resurrected with Christ, that's a spiritual aspect. It can't be that you died and resurrected with Christ and that he also literally died and resurrected at the same time. That's not how that works. It has to be allegorical. The crucifixion of Jesus dying and resurrection represents, well, astrologically, if you study the, the winter solstice, the sun dying 
on, on December 21st and after three days and three nights, it's re it resurrects on December day, right? That's the whole thing of Jesus' birthday and so on and so forth. The same thing applies, that there comes a time where you have to crucify the things that which are holding you back, the things that which are, you know, letting you down, the things that are suppressing you from your greatest potential. And then you resurrect into the best version of yourself. Then power is given to you in heaven and on earth. Then you are given the keys to hell. Then you can trend on serpents. Then you can cast out or rather give direction to your demons. All this happens when you take in that the Son of Man is not to come. The Son of Man is within you. The kingdom of God is not to come. It's not with self-observation. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is within you. All these things Jesus has said himself. <laughs> you don't have to take my word for it. All these things are talked about in every form of mythology, every form of a spiritual system. They have the same principles. You can literally compare Hinduism with Judaism, with Christianity. You're going to get the same thing. If you look at Abraham and Brahma, they are the same person. Abraham and Brahma, they are the same entity. And if you're scared of magic, I hate to tell you, I hate to burst your bubble, but the whole Bible is literally about magic. The Bible is talking about two bulls. <laughs> Why you think in the Old Testament everything is based on sacrifice of the bulls? That, that the Lord God is as strong as an ox. That was a certain time, a certain era. That's why there was so much war. That's why there was so much bloodshed. Jesus, his era was the age of Pisces. That's why he made his disciples fishers of men. Then, now we enter into the age of Aquarius, right? So we're waiting to enter into the age of Aquarius. That's why we are in the last days. Because we are entering out of one era, out of one age of time into another age of time. That's all that means. It's not talking about the end of the world. It's talking about the end of an era. These so-called prophecies are nothing new under the sun. <laughs> These have been happening for thousands of years within every civilization, within every society, time and time and time and time again. But you have been so spooked out that you think that for people to become unbelievers, for people to become lovers of, them, of themselves, for society to, to start you know, slowly crumbling, that Jesus is coming back. That somebody is going to come through the sky with angels and they're going to be slaying people left and right. You have a very vivid imagination, ma'am. I hate to tell you, nobody's coming back for your black ass. The only person who need to be coming for yourself is you. The only person who need to be advocating for yourself, who needs to put you up on a pedestal, who needs to bring you up, is yourself. Anybody else outside of yourself. Any other entity or deity or whatever the case may be. So you can utilize Jesus. You can be a black person. You can utilize Jesus. And, and I'm not telling you that you can't. But you also need to understand that your traditions in form of how you see Jesus, the traditions in, in terms of how you practice Christianity came from the plantation. And you need to study more on your history. And if you want to study more of an Afro or if you want to practice more of an Afrocentric version of Christianity, you can but the, the practices of Christianity, if you claim that you're a Baptist or a Protestant or Evangelist or Pentecostal, whatever the case is, these are all Eurocentric concepts. And so these things you have to shed off. You have to cast these perceptions away because these are Eurocentric 
denominations, Eurocentric concepts around the teachings of Christ. Mind you, Jesus never put a stamp or was an advocate for Christianity. He never told people to be followers of him. He never told people to follow him. He never told people to give their life to him. He told them that the only person who was good, the only person that you should be praying to and submitting yourself to is the Father. Where does the Father reside? The Father is supreme consciousness that resides within you and also outside of you, as above, so below. And so, you have to be one with the Father just as Jesus was one with the Father, according to the, the Christian mythology. It is not your purpose to worship an entity. It is not within your purpose to worship a deity or to worship or give your life to a savior or messianic figure. The whole purpose of your life journey is to worship yourself, to become the savior and the master and head of your own life. Have you accepted yourself as Lord and savior of your life? If you haven't, now is the time. Because there are so many people out here who just go with the flow, who just go with the status quo. And they have been told time and time again through the church, through their family, that anytime that they become questionable, anytime that they become skeptical, all of a sudden it's the devil. That ain't nothing but the devil trying to lead you astray. That ain't nothing but the devil trying to lead you away from God. And as soon as you get spooked out, you go running back to the church. Why? Because that is something that you're more familiar with. Why? Because you're, you haven't done the work to deprogram your subconscious mind and you think that the only person who can truly save you is Jesus. The only person who can truly have your back is Jesus. <laughs> and you have to be, and I say this respectfully, you have to be very narrow-minded to tell a person that, oh, don't worry, baby, you're you going to come back to Jesus. You, you, I used to be just like you. I, I used to have my skepticisms and I used to go down. Listen, you're going to come back to the church in no time. Je Jesus got your back. You, you ain't going nowhere. You know how, how narrow-minded and arrogant you have to be to tell a person that they're not even on the right path, but it's okay. They're going to come back around and see your way of life. As if there aren't over 4,000 denominations in Christianity. <laughs> As if the way that your church teaches Jesus is, isn't any different from the church across the street and how they teach Jesus. Everybody has their own form of Jesus. There are millions of people, billions of people, who subscribe to Christianity. Hundreds of thousands of them have created different versions, different forms, different images of Jesus. They have created different concepts of how they view and perceive Jesus. Your Jesus may not be the same as somebody else's Jesus. I used to hear that in the church. I don't know what type of Jesus you worship, but that ain't my Jesus. Even within the form of Christianity, there are different Jesus. This was even said in, in American Gods, if you watch the show. There are different Jesuses. So who are you to tell me that I'm going to come back to Jesus? Which one? Which one? Which Jesus am I going to come back to? The Mexican Jesus, the Asian Jesus, the white Jesus, the black Jesus, the, the clear Jesus, the purple, the blue, the green Jesus. Which, which Jesus am I coming back to? <laughs> which one? The militant Jesus, the passive Jesus, the masculine Jesus, the feminine Jesus. Which Jesus am I, am I coming back to? The one that's coming back, the one that's not coming back, the one that's in Christ, the one that's not in Christ, the one that's not... Which one? See, once you understand that, once you understand that every Christian has a different perspective and a different perception of Jesus, then you truly understand, like, wow, what truly is the path <laughs> to truth? 
what truly is the path to God? Because there, there isn't even order in the church. There isn't even order in the, the, the many thousands of denominations within Christianity. See, I am omniest, which means I am able to look at different traditions, different spiritual systems, different religious systems, and apply the certain principles that resonate with me. No more than when you go to, go to school and you learn different curriculums and you learn different things and you apply math, science, social studies, language arts, and you apply these things to your life. The same thing applies to spirituality. The same thing applies to all the different forms of spiritual systems in the world. That is how you're supposed to be. Now then again, everybody has their favorite color. Everybody has their favorite genre of music. So you could be that way and also be like, well, personally, I'm just a Christian. That's just what works for me. Personally, I'm a Hebrew. That's what works for me. Personally, I'm a Muslim. That's what works for me. And that's fine. It's beautiful. But at the same time, don't be a Christian. Don't be Luciferian. Don't be a cultic. And then bash and slander and diminish somebody else's perspective. I was in the live stream last night and, and, and I saw people in the comments diminishing a black woman because she believes in Jesus. That is not how we are supposed to do things. If we are not of this world and if we are light beings and we, we're supposed to show people the path, we're not supposed to go in somebody else's space and tell them what they're doing wrong and tell them Jesus ain't real and, and you being slow and all this type of stuff. That's not the way that Christ walked. That's not being Christ-like. That's not being the light of the world. That's not walking the left-hand path. That's not being enlightened. No, it's not. I don't know what I don't know what type of pathway that was or what what it is, but it ain't the right one. It's not the spiritual one. It's not the one that's going to lead people to the light. Jesus even said to let your light so shine that men may see your good works and worship the Father that is in heaven. That is how you are going to get people on your side. Not telling them what they're doing wrong, not bashing and diminishing their beliefs, but showing your light, showing your love, your compassion. That's how you do that. And I saw people all up and, up and down in the comment section bashing and diminishing this girl because of her beliefs. That's not the true path of spirituality. That's not the true path of the enlightened one. Jesus never condemned somebody for their lifestyle. If anything, Jesus was one in one with the people who were the most condemned, the most perverted, the most sinful. And the Pharisees were judging him because he was the one drinking and having a good time with the people who were considered outcasts. But here you are, up and mighty, because you know a little bit of occult knowledge. And as soon as you come across a Christian, the first thing you want to tell them is Jesus don't exist. The first thing you want to tell them is they're being slow. That's not how this works. Now, it's one thing if they want the smoke, you give them the smoke. <laughs> but at the same time, you're not supposed to cast your pearls to swine. At the same time, you're not supposed to have foolish conversations and foolish arguments that don't get anywhere. It's okay to have debates. It's okay to have conversations. But it is not okay for you to waste your time having back and forth conversations about nothing. It's not okay to have back and forth conversations just because you want to make somebody mad. Just because you want to tell a Christian that they don't believe in God or, or uh, that their God is not real. You're doing yourself a disservice because you know what you're doing is that you are pushing them farther into their own delusion. You're actually confirming to them of their own beliefs. <laughs> That's not how this is supposed to go. It's supposed to be who's really about that life.
because they could be serving Jesus, but they realize that you have a different composure. You carry yourself differently. I've never seen somebody carry themselves how you carry yourself. Your works and the way that you carry yourself will show. It will speak for itself. That's when their light will be open, or that's where their eyes will be open, where they see how you walk out on an everyday basis, how you talk, and how unapologetic you are. So don't get caught up in the, in the, in the hoopla. Whenever it comes to Christians, for the people who are occultists, for people who are walk the left-hand path, who are spiritualists, if you run across people who may not see eye-to-eye eye with how you see things spiritually, you're not supposed to act like the up and, and upright and righteous Christians who think they know everything, because that's where it ends up being. Just because you have a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of occult knowledge, your patterns haven't changed. Your behavior hasn't changed. All you did was just change the mode of your delusion. You just changed the mode of your of your ignorance. You might be spiritual now, but you're spiritual and now you're dogmatic. You used to be Christian and dogmatic. Now you're spiritual and dogmatic. Nothing has changed. You didn't do the actual work. You see what I'm saying? So I want to conclude <laughs> with saying that whenever it comes to the you know this type of information, it takes time to process. It is not a overnight type of thing. It's not something you're going to grasp in one day. It could take months for you to, to truly understand the type of stuff that I teach up on. It could take you know a couple of years for you to try and. Uh, to, to finally understand and grasp some of the information that I bring. And that, that's okay. Everybody's on their own personal journey. Which is why I never judge anybody for how they see things. I never judge anybody for their personal beliefs. Because when they come to the knowledge, it will come to them. Not everybody is made to come to this type of information. Many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. And so because few are chosen there are very few people there are only a handful of people who will only grasp the knowledge understand the knowledge and walk in the knowledge that is knowledge wisdom and understanding some people only will have the knowledge and the wisdom and not the understanding some people will only have the wisdom and the understanding and not the knowledge some people will only have the knowledge and the understanding and never have the wisdom it is what it is but that's what it has to be and that's what it is in some cases in most cases it is your duty to become the light of the world. It is your duty to become Lucifer. It is your duty to become the light bringer. It don't matter if they get spooked out by Baphomet. If they get spooked out by Baphomet, if they get spooked out because you're satanic and demonic and certain symbols that you use that are only just scientific, so be it. Don't suppress yourself for another people. Don't suppress yourself because your family member or the girl that you like <laughs> thinks that you being weird because of the certain symbols and the things that you're getting into. If they're not looking to understand and they don't want to understand, don't push it on them. Let them be. Because only their curiosity, only their skepticism will lead them to that. They can only lead themselves to the light. You ever hear the old saying, you can, you can lead a, a horse to water, but you can't make them drink? The same thing. Every symbol whether it's Baphomet, whether it's Jesus, whether it's Satan, whether it's angels and demons, whether it's Zeus or Hera or Heracles or Ishtar or Inanna or Gilgamesh or Nimrod or Tammuz, whether we're dealing with, you know, uh, uh, Pompajira or Papa Legba, Baron, Anansi, Oya, Oshun, Ogun, 
we are all dealing with entities that are spiritual scientific symbols that are only representing aspects of ourselves that's all they are it's no more than looking at a periodic table in chemistry and looking at the different elements and different chemicals that make up certain substances and certain things of matter so for you to look at one symbol and be like oh that's evil and not even understand what the symbol is that is ignorant of all the symbols that you see in the bible you're scared of baphomet <laughs> of all the symbols in the bible there are angels there are beings beasts that sit before the so-called throne of god that have eyes on their wings they have the, the the body of humans but they have four heads one human one bull one that's a lion one that's an eagle and got uh multiple eyes on their on their wings there are some very profound beasts in heaven. And you're scared of Baphomet, a being with a goat head and female breasts. That's what you're scared of. That is beyond me. You're not scared of Pan. You're not scared of Zeus. You're scared of Baphomet. You're not scared of Haru. You're not scared of Osiris, Ptah, Set, Heather. But you're scared of Baphomet. That don't make no damn sense. None whatsoever. And Baphomet comes from the Egyptian mythology, from Benebjadet. Before Baphomet was a goat, he was a ram. He was the ram of Mendes. He's considered Father Wisdom, the perfected black one. And you're only going to know this if you do your own research. So you ain't got to take my word for it. But, you know, I rep Baphomet all day, every day, 24-7, because Baphomet is not a bad symbol. It's not an evil symbol. It's the symbol that came from our ancestors. It's the symbol that came from our own spirituality it represents the pure perfected nature of the black man and the black woman that's what it it represents the divine masculine and it also can represent the divine feminine it, it represents them but like i said do your own research but i think that's all that i have you know have to say i don't want to make this any longer than what it already is you already know how i go when it comes to these podcast episodes <laughs> but until next time I'm Tyrone. Thank you for watching this podcast episode. Like I said, make sure you hit that like button. Share this with a couple of people. Share, Have this conversation with a couple of your friends or family members or whatever the case is. Share your comments in the comment section below on YouTube. Like I said, turn on your notifications on Spotify and or on Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure that you answer the poll. There's a poll on Spotify that asks you what is the best part about this podcast. All right. Till next time. We out.